0: Hello, and welcome back to the Half a Project podcast. My name is Becky, sitting here on the podcasting couch, and right next to me is Cedric Sky City, and we are having a wonderful, great day, and the weather is so nice outside, and because it's summer. It's super hot, though. Summer love is happening. Super duper hot. Yeah, it really is. I mean... I wouldn't know because I haven't been out in the heat of the day yet, but it's been very warm here in Seoul so far. I mean, it hasn't been that bad. It's not been as bad as I expected it would be.
1: No, no. We had a few hot days, but then uh, I think with the rain, it's mm-hmm. kind of cooled it a little bit. Yeah,
0: because we're in Changma season, kind of. Uh, yeah. Monsoon. hmm Yeah. But it's been pretty nice. Uh, let's see. Maybe we should catch people up on okay. what's been happening
1: uh yeah actually no this past week was pretty exciting because you performed you sang a song you sang two songs that we actually wrote together we We did yeah yeah so we wrote two songs one was like an r&b ballad-ish kind of song and Mm -hmm. then the other song was a pop edm Mm -hmm. i don't know what you would call it and you had to perform for a YouTube channel. Yeah. And yeah, we wrote the song for that. So that was pretty exciting because that was actually the first time we ever did anything musically.
0: I can't believe that was this week. Yeah. I feel like that was like last year. Time went by so quickly, didn't mm. it? I can't keep track of anything now. But yeah, we're going to, we'll finish up those songs and, you know, we can let you guys know when that comes out. Definitely. On uh, the other YouTube channels. So, yeah, but that's that's unrelated to what we're talking about today. Right but thank you for the update regardless. Today, we're going to talk about six things I Hate About Being Mixed.
1: Ooh. And it's such
0: a clickbait title, and I want to apologize in advance for that. <laughs> uh, but basically, how, how we came up with this is... Um, so I'm part of a couple of Facebook... Did you say you're part of those groups as well? Like some of those Facebook groups? Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: I, probably not all of them. Yeah, But uh, yeah, a handful of them. So I'm not active though.
0: There's a couple of Facebook groups. And actually, a lot of you guys who are listening might be a part of them. Uh, I'm not going to give away the titles of the groups but basically they're for like Asian groups mixed Asian groups uh, mixed groups and people can join these these private groups and they share like memes and they share their own stories or photos and it's kind of a community for if you fit in that category of like the mixed Asians or just mixed people uh, a place for you to share like your own thoughts, mm-hmm. or things that happen in your life, your experiences, and people can respond, of course. its I mean, it's supposed to be like that a community page, right? And I love that we have that, and I think that's so great that this platform exists. Yeah, Good to have a, a way to talk with people, even if they're not immediately in your physical vicinity, but even somewhere across the world, you guys might be sharing experiences and being able to relate with each other, and that's such a beautiful thing to see. Now, uh, as I was trolling, trolling <laughs>
1: trolling <laughs> trolling you're trolling those groups <laughs> this
0: is my regular tuesday afternoon as i was trolling through these groups and uh, I, I read the comments and i read the the posts you know because i kind of like to see what's uh, i guess the term is like the, the social temperature um of the generations and what they're saying about being mixed and how people feel about that. And some people, like some crowds will be like, oh yeah, being mixed or or," or some people will say this about being mixed and sometimes I sympathize and sometimes I don't. And I decided to pull out some of, uh, at this point six, of the very common statements that I'm seeing on these groups. And I thought we could kind of put into more I guess just have a basic discussion yeah. about what those statements mean and why people feel certain ways about that. Now, it sounds pretty vague when I'm just saying it like this, but when I read the statements, a lot of people will get it. So, and maybe it was you who wrote this <laughs> on the, the Facebook page yourself, and maybe you're yeah. really going to strongly relate. That's kind of the hope. But um, So when it comes to things about being mixed or when it comes to issues of race and culture, Sometimes I feel definitions or descriptions or how you feel can be very hard to put into words, Mm -hmm. which, in my opinion, can cause more hurt or damage if you feel something very strongly and you can't express it to somebody who doesn't understand or feel the same way. Right. And then it can create recurring cycles and cycles and cycles. Like, why are you upset about that? Why does that bother you? Because you don't have the words to explain it. Right. We see this all the time. When you're having arguments yeah. with people, right? And you can't get your words right out.
1: Yeah, that's totally me. <laughs> and <laughs> You know that so I'm not well. <laughs> looking at you.
0: Uh, yeah, and so I think it's good to have discussions about this. The more you talk about it, the more words that you'll have, and the better you'll be able to educate other people. Right. That's the whole purpose. So, um, the So these are six things I hate about being mixed, which I pulled from various Facebook groups. So the first one. This is something I see very commonly people making this statement. No one seems to know where I'm from. They always ask me, where are you from? No, where are you really from? Right. Right.
1: That's usually the one of the biggest things that not only makes people, but also like um, non-majority people. In other words, yeah. like ethnic looking people uh-huh. in places like the United States and other places. Uh, where they are the minority that's that's usually the the thing that they bring up uh, for mixed people as well because mixed people tend to be very ambiguous in how they look mm. depending on the mix or I mean it's just depending on obviously genetics mm-hmm. but a lot of times like for me when I was growing up I got everything under the sun they mm-hmm. people thought I was Hawaiian people thought I was uh, Filipino uh, people thought I was I had a couple of people actually think I was like, from india
0: or native american native
1: american um and yeah there are a couple of people who can guess that i'm like half black or mixed Mm -hmm. um and some people think that i have some asian in me but they can't really pinpoint it so it's like the question is is always phrased like where are you from Mm -hmm. versus like oh what is your ethnic background Mm -hmm. or or something like that which is funny because When you ask the question where are you from you're kind of implying that you're not from the place where you are or where you grew up or where you're born right yeah so which is kind of weird
0: right and i think uh i think you hit the head on the nail there because what that question innately does maybe uh, on a subconscious level is making a separation between you and me and us and you yeah right well where are you from we're all from here obvious look at us see our skin tones we're from here right but you you're an alien and whether they mean that in their actual question whether they're implying that to say like you're not belonging here the problem is when you hear this many many times i think it can get absorbed inside of you and you f- you start to feel like okay why do i have to prove mm-hmm. that i'm from here why do i have to prove every single time i meet somebody new that i also belong
1: yeah and you also made mention like if you hear it enough if and, and, you know, you can internalize it as frustration. Uh, it, it becomes very annoying when mm-hmm. you're used to growing up hearing it and it just never stops. It never mm-hmm. ends. Like, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. growing up as a teenager hearing. I mean, one time is OK. Right. right. You can understand that. Two times. OK. Yeah, sure. But like hundreds of times, it, which has been the case for us. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's literally hundreds more than that through the span of your lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it can be multiple times a day, depending on where you are.
1: Right. And it's funny because escaping the US, I shouldn't put it like that, but Coming to Korea. <laughs> Escaping, yeah, that's what it feels like now. Uh, yeah, the but, house that's on fire. Yeah. At the <laughs> um, coming to Korea, living here for the past two years, we get the same exact questions, usually yeah. mostly from cab drivers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like they always ask, which country are you from? Yes.
0: Or yeah. today when I was at the gym and, uh, you know, you have like the changing room, something that happens to me very commonly, when I go to saunas, gymzibangurs, or, or or gyms, whenever I'm changing, all <laughs> the older women in the room will watch me, which you know is kind of weird. But they mm-hmm. will always make comments like, "Oh, you're so tall. Where are you from? Are you Korean?" Like, yeah. and they always stare at me, and I'm just like, "Uh, you know, this is not a great question, especially not the moment where I'm like trying to get dressed." I've gotten used to it at this point, and usually yeah. I'm just like oh let's talk you know ladies um but yeah that happens a lot in the is,
1: isn't room. it so funny that whenever people ask you that most of the time it, it's in you know it's
0: in it's in good faith yeah
1: good faith but they're always so excited to ask it like they're the first person to ever ask yeah that, or they, they just made it a oh, discovery you
0: i bet i bet no one's <laughs> ever told you this before but <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just like oh my gosh it yeah. gets old.
0: so this is this is the thing so if you are a mixed person and you're listening to this statement you're like yes that's how i feel oh my gosh it's so annoying then please listen to what we're saying and how we put it into words. And this is the Mm. one request that I have and something I've been teaching myself. Take those questions as an opportunity for education. Rather than snapping back and be like, "Uh, I'm from here. The thing is that doesn't solve anything. And in fact, it just reinforces this this mindset Mm. of like, don't ask, don't bother.
1: Yeah, and I can be guilty of that in the way that I respond. Like I could be a little bit more short Uh, or I, I don't think I've ever been rude, but I've wanted to be rude. Mm -hmm. I've wanted to respond rudely. Um, but that's because again, like it's all those years of going through the same thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and feeling like, Oh, you're asking a question that makes me feel different. Yeah. Um, but yes, you're right. I think the fact that I, I think the, the main reason why people ask those questions is out of ignorance and I don't mean ignorance in a necessarily in a bad Mm -hmm. way like oh you're stupid it's just you don't know or you haven't had the the opportunity to learn or to be educated in that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so I think yeah I think taking the opportunity to just have a conversation yeah even a short one would be great
0: I think that would really you're just one person you know and you're gonna encounter Hundreds of people who will ask you the same thing over and over again. Right. But that one interaction you have with that one individual asking you this question is yet another opportunity to be like, hey, let me shed some light on something that maybe you didn't know before. And it, it, can, be, it can feel like a big responsibility on yourself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a necessary one. Uh, okay, let's go to the next question or the next one I've seen. This is one I've noticed, especially among our younger single folks <laughs> on, these, on these Facebook groups. People like to exoticize me. People mm-hmm. are always fetishizing me like, okay, you've got yellow fever. You need to calm down. I will see this and, and people like to make jokes about it. People like to make memes and people like to really just, um, uh, what, what's the word? Lambast people who are, who are leaving comments or text messages about like, oh my gosh, I love your skin color or right. this kind of thing. And in a way, I understand that you like to share these texts with your friends. Like, look what this crazy white guy said about me. Oh, he's fetishizing me. Yes, I understand. Sometimes this need to get it out of you Mm -hmm. and to feel like, hey, defend me on this half. And so you talk to your friends about it. But on the same side, simply um, making fun of somebody behind their back because of how they exoticize or fetishize you, again, doesn't really fix anything uh something i'd like to point out is that people get fetishized or exoticized yes because sometimes one the person is just straight up weird Mm -hmm. uh that's one thing we can't lie about that and the other one is because they've just never seen anything like you before yeah and sometimes you don't know how to respond when you've seen something that's like wow that's so amazing or beautiful or rare and not at times your response isn't always you know the best ever but Mm -hmm. at At the same time, I kind of understand that, right? I don't know where exactly I'm going with this. Because I don't want to defend, you know?
1: Yeah, and it doesn't sound like you're defending. I think you're trying to be empathetic in a way. But I, I don't know because I don't have too much personal experience with being a <laughs> <fetishized. laughs> Why, all those
0: women who are just like, who are you? No, no.
1: I mean, the closest thing that I can remember is just being, just kind of growing up and, you know, people finding out that I'm mixed mm-hmm. and, and girls are like, oh, that's that's really cool. You're, you're very handsome, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But n- I, I never got any creepy vibes from I feel from like
0: women get that a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Mixed women get it all the time. Right. Yeah, like you can even see sometimes... Um, I don't remember who it was, but there was apparently like this rap video call sheet that had been released publicly. And it was saying like uh, the four types of women that they want in the shoot. And they said the hottest ones, we want mixed girls. And then the Mm, second one was, oh, we want white girls. And the third one was like, oh, we want this type and fourth one. We want this type. But the thing is, you can see that they equated hot girls with mixed girls. Yeah. And um, this is something that's very common. I notice. And I understand, especially as a woman, like, nobody likes to have those lecherous eyes on you. So how are you supposed to respond to something like that?
1: I, man, I don't know. Like, I would imagine, because uh, I hear stories of girls putting guys in their place, or mm-hmm. at least wanting to whenever I hear them talk about that. But is that is that the, the best thing to do? Or should you just ignore those mm-hmm. guys? Or, or what? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of weird if like, The girl takes the time to like just try to educate Mm -hmm. this strange dude that's hitting on her because she's being fetishized. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what the solution is to that.
0: I do think you need to draw a line. Mm -hmm. And I also do think this is part of a bigger problem because we can try to pinpoint and be like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this to a girl, you shouldn't do this to a girl. The fact remains that, in in my opinion, I think it's part of a large education that needs to happen to males in society overall, how right. to respect a woman. And we definitely see that we have these issues with uh, sexual discrimination, mm. right, harassment. This is totally rampant everywhere, and there's no way you can, I believe, solve this issue just by saying like, hey, you shouldn't fetishize me. You have every right to say that, mm-hmm. and I believe you should. But I do think that this is something as a greater whole we'll have to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the point of that is saying we hear you and we also acknowledge that something should be done. So I think we can be part of that bigger conversation. Sure. Okay. The next one. I don't fit in with either side.
1: Man, this is probably the, the one I deal with the most emotionally um, now and even growing up. I don't feel like I personally fit in um, on either side completely. But a lot of that is me and just my mentality and just uh I don't I don't know if it's insecurity. Um, but or me just feeling like oh, they don't really accept me, just kind of projecting how I think they view me on them, you know. Um but it is true that in Korea at least, since I'm half black, half Korean. Um, I, I truly don't feel like I fit in here Mm -hmm. because one, I grew up in the States. So that's, that in and of itself is big, whether you're a Korean American or half Korean, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It's just totally different world. Um, but then two, how I look here and the way that Koreans view the Korean ethnic group or the Korean, I I don't want to say race, Mm -hmm. probably not the right word, but the, I I guess the Korean people Mm -hmm. is more homogenous Mm -hmm. and more, uh, you know they they take pride in their korean blood Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and being pure so um i don't feel like i fit in here but i do feel like with my black side i have a most of the time i feel like i could fit in better there yeah because i am embraced more and you know in the states as african americans we we're pretty mixed up as it is anyway sure and we're a very open culture, yeah. generally speaking. You know, so um, yeah, I've but I felt it on both sides. Sometimes I feel like if I'm hanging around a, a bunch of black people, right, uh, whether it's friends or just you know, I'm in a crowd. Sometimes I, I, I get that feeling of man, I wonder if people like think I'm mm. not really black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just things that I deal with. I'm just being totally honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I get over that and I'm just like, I, I just chill with either side. <laughs> it's whatever.
0: <laughs> just hang out. Yeah. yeah. I, I,
1: I, I'm sorry. That was a little therapy session there. No, but it, I mean, I think
0: it's good to point it out and, and to put it into words why you might feel that way. I think sometimes we get this, uh, this frustration mm. uh, at ourselves, our identity, and not feeling like we could belong here, or belong there. And we actually take it out on ourselves or our parents. I don't think it's you who is the ugly one. I think it's society that is the ugly thing. Yeah. The place, the place that makes you feel like you can't be part of it, you can't belong. I think that's the problem, not the fact that you are different. Mm-hmm. So I think if we we have to come to this, um, sometimes it's a brutal acceptance that I will not 100% be one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. As much as we like to say like, oh, I'm both, I'm full, I'm 100% everything. But it is true on one hand, but also on the other hand, it's impossible to fully understand a language, a culture, a lifestyle, a country unless you have been there from birth until I don't know how many years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that totally makes sense. But also on the flip side, it also depends, right? Because mm. if you have, let's just say, two different races that grew up within the same culture, mm. maybe it's Mm-mm. it's it's a little different. Yeah. Or maybe the two cultures. In and of itself, are multi-ethnic. You okay. know what I mean. Sure, so, sure. for example, um, just one off the top of my head, like Puerto Ricans aren't mm-hmm. just one like ethnicity per mm-hmm. se, right? There, there are different types of mixes, but that is the culture that mm-hmm. binds them together. They have a common language, a common culture, and so you can have like maybe a Puerto Rican, you're half Puerto Rican, and then half I don't know something else. And maybe there is no problem blending in mm-hmm. because the nature of the culture. Mm-mm-mm. But I think...
0: I was thinking more on the scale of like, say like someone who's half white yeah, and half yeah. Vietnamese. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I guess there is a spectrum of mm-hmm. that, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, great. So then, let me then try to package what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. That you don't need to beat yourself up yeah. over feeling like you are lacking because it is something out of your hands. And I think if we ever attack ourselves or hate ourselves or feel bad about ourselves because of something that's totally out of our hands, in the end, it is only damaging to yourself. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you have so much more to offer just as who you are, whether or not outside societies and cultures are accepting of that. Um, And it's kind of a big thing to say of yourself, Mm -hmm. but in a way it's it's a beautiful responsibility. So I, I think in that regard, I don't fit in with either side of my cultures. The most important thing to remember is that, yeah, but you are who you are. And it doesn't really matter what the outside world is saying about yeah. you. So the next one, I can't speak the language and I feel guilty for it. This is something I came across really a lot in the mixed um, Facebook group. Mm. People would be like, I feel like I can't talk to my, one of my parents because of this. Oh, every yeah. time I visit my family, like I know they're talking about me, but I can't understand what they're saying. I feel so guilty. Why can't I understand? I also went through this immensely when I couldn't speak Korean fluently, um, I remember just feeling such intense guilt because it's not just, oh, why can't I speak the language? Oh, I'm so stupid, as Mm -hmm. in like on a language learning side. It's because you innately feel like I should speak it. Something's wrong with me that I don't.
1: I am half Korean as much as I'm half white and speak English, Mm. so why can't I speak Korean? Right, and you feel that burden
0: on yourself. Yeah. Um, Well, that one is kind of, it's totally understandable. I think, though, that something that we need to have in this case is grace for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, well, maybe your parents didn't teach you the other language for a certain reason. Maybe because they didn't want people to look down on you. Maybe because at that time, immigration was not uh, something people were proud of, right? Or maybe they're afraid you're going to fall behind in school if you were speaking one different language at home than what you're learning at school. Yeah, especially like the
1: the older generations like uh, my mom's generation and probably your mom's generation probably dealt with that sort of mindset Mm -hmm. and i think that's why like my mom never wanted to teach us or drill that into us in terms of making our house a a two-language house Mm -hmm. it was but she didn't force us or make us learn korean and i think it was i remember her telling me it was because she probably didn't feel like there was a need we're growing up in america Mm -hmm. why why well, yeah. teach korean but she right. regrets it i remember she her telling me like two years ago that she regrets that
0: mm-hmm. i think if you come to terms with that and say like all right well that that's just how it is that was not any fault of my own and then yeah. on the other side is just to recognize that learning a language is not an easy thing mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's in your blood it doesn't matter if you're <laughs> right. supposed to speak that language or not you know by what people say right the fact is language itself is just a hard thing to learn it
1: really is so you
0: need to have a little grace for yourself
1: Right. And there is always hope because languages can be learned. Yes. It takes a lot of effort, of course, yeah. but you can always learn and You
0: can totally. This idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I don't believe that. You can be 70 year old and try to learn a new language. I agree. It is possible. I agree. So it's never too late. Right. Okay. I get off my soapbox. <laughs> Come back. So here's the other one. People judge my parents. Uh, so actually, this was we had a, a, a comment on your YouTube channel where somebody was like progeny of war brides. Do you remember that comment? I, I,
1: vaguely. Essentially vaguely, saying like, yeah.
0: oh, so your parents, one of your parents was uh, raped by an American soldier mm-hmm. and you're the result of that. Yeah. Now people make these kind of horrific judgments all the time. If we look at, sadly, um, the whole scale of history, you're gonna see that a lot of mixed children Are the result of war Uh, certain soldiers you know encampments across in other countries Mm -hmm. Um, and it's usually out of some kind of I guess large-scale tragedy that many not always but a lot of mixed kids in the past um, were the result of Mm -hmm. people still somehow seem to think that that's just what it happens, that it's not that people fell in love, you know, (laughs) and chose to be together. Yeah. But they think that, oh, it's because you're a war baby or something, which also want to point out, even if you are, like, there's nothing wrong with you. 100%. Yeah. Oh, what was that? That was loud. Um, Someone's moving upstairs. (laughs) Yeah. And so when people judge your parents, when people make those kind of statements, depending on the context, I think you have every right To correct them. Right. But not in like a, uh, excuse me, but kind of just, you know, hey, actually, no, they happened to fall in love and, you know, this and so you have, you have, if you want to share, I believe that you have every right to be open about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share my parents' story Mm -hmm. because. And I think
0: that was so great.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way they, they fell in love. I mean, it's not your stereotypical, uh, you know, soldier stationed in Korea meets the woman, you know, and nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's totally great. Um, but that's what people think. And they, they have a negative kind of like mindset towards that. Right. Um, even Korean people here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, um, it, it doesn't matter. The, the, the point is you're here and your life is valuable, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think if you just stick to that and at the end of the day, what I remind myself is not to let the opinions of other people bother me. That's mm-hmm. why those comments, I, I let it just roll off. I really don't care because mm-hmm. they don't know my parents' story.
0: That's right. And that's something to keep in mind, that people will make judgments about things that they're uncertain of, that they're scared of, that they think is weird. And it's our job, maybe, and like I said, it's our wonderful responsibility to be like, okay, well, let me tell you a great story mm-hmm. um, and debunk these ideas that people have yeah. about mixed-race families or you know pa- parents from different countries getting to because of some terrible reason or another i think that um it's cool that we can have these kind of stories and people are always going to be curious about it and how you portray it and how you share it that's up to you but i do believe that we can change it into a more positive narrative yeah all right so the very last one and we'll just do this one really quick people accuse me of being fake Ooh. i know like people saying like you're not thai look at you you have blonde hair yeah so it's like so why are you pretending you're thai this gets under my skin a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, just briefly on this one. I just want to say it is very easy to demonize and judge mixed race people because it's all right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to get to know the person a little deeper. You don't have to understand their backgrounds to make judgments. You can just look at how they look. And that is the easiest way to judge any person just by how they look. Don't judge a book by its cover. Right. And so I think it is very common for mixed race people to get these kind of statements. Yeah. Be like, okay, you shouldn't care about that because you look mostly white. Right. That is just an outward appearance judgment. Right. And as painful as that might be, I think as long as you feel strong in yourself and knowing who you are and what actually makes up the person that you are, those kind of comments can just roll off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And I'll make one little point mm-hmm. on, on a personal note. Uh, to that point i have received comments from people that actually uh, that love me and i love them you know just people that i know friends or associates or, or whatever they'll say things like um, mainly for korean people <laughs> they'll say things like <laughs> uh-huh. oh and these are korean americans i'm referring to actually yeah. they're like oh you actually you know you eat korean food really well or you um i know take your pick you speak korean well or whatever your korean pronunciation is good and those are sort of the reverse of that point i think and or it has a subtle way of saying uh that sixth point Mm -hmm. uh like you're not that you're being fake but oh this isn't really who you are but Mm -hmm. you can actually you know, do I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. you're capable of doing that. So it kind of makes me feel like, oh, am I a poser or am I someone mm-hmm. who is not, you know, Korean? But I'm able to do these things. Yeah. So in a in a way, that's those I type of comments exactly. makes me yeah. feel that way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How do you deal with that then?
1: <laughs> well, in the past, I just kind of like I never really corrected them mm-hmm. or you know said, well, I am Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, ha- I have a tendency to do that, mm-hmm. but before I would just like let it roll off. And yeah, make- yeah, I wouldn't say anything.
0: I would just say, um, and we're going to wrap this up really, really fast. But I would just say, in in note of all of these six things that we talked about, for those who feel this very strongly, for those who struggle with how to respond to this, before all of that, um, I think the most important thing is to deal internally yourself. Really ask mm. yourself, like, well, who, who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to portray myself as? Like, uh, even if the world sees me in one way, does that really matter? Because is that really who I am? And people are going to judge based on my outward appearance no matter what. So I think if you start to ask those questions and you feel more stable in who you are yourself, then learning how to answer when these circumstances arise is not going to be as hard. It's not going to be like a one-off thing. It's just going to be like, well, I already know my core. So let me just explain that to you. and We'll be on our merry way. So um, none of this is to make you feel angry. None of this is to make you be like, I have a right to respond to you. The whole purpose of this episode was to say, we hear you, we understand. This is how you can put it into words and what we, through our personal experiences and just our own study, what we think might be the best way to respond. And by doing so, hopefully we as a whole and as a community can start sharing a more positive narrative about mixed race people. Any other things you'd like to point out?
1: Uh no, I think we covered everything there. I mean we could elaborate on, you know, everything of course, yeah. but I honestly, think honestly
0: we could list it to like a hundred, oh, two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to get nitpicky or petty. Um but yeah, we hope that you guys could uh empathize, sympathize, could relate and also realize maybe things about yourself and things about how you want to address these questions when they come up in your life as inevitably they will so uh on that final note i will say we'll have listener mail next week's episode so make sure you guys tune in for that we love getting listener mail from you guys and you can always write in at thehappyproject@gmail.com. at gmail.com we appreciate every bit of messages we get from
1: totally. you
0: totally uh yes and i guess that's it so follow us on social media you can listen to this podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, we are everywhere. And uh, like I said, get in touch Happy thehappyproject at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, The Happy Project, and we will see you guys next week. We are The Happy Project.